0: This podcast was recorded at Redemption Alhambra Village in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Redemption Alhambra Village, visit RedemptionAZ.com. Proverbs 12.15. The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. 12.18. The words of the reckless pierce like swords but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Ten, nineteen through 20. Sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongue. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver, but the heart of the wicked is of little value. 18, 2. A fool finds no pleasure in understanding, but delights in airing his own opinions. 26, 4 through 5. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you yourself will be just like him. Answer a fool according to his folly, or he will be wise in his own eyes. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. I need you to remember something as we enter into, once again, this section of us studying wisdom in dizzying times. I want you to remember how wisdom is obtained. Wisdom is not obtained through gaining more information. See, in our educational system in this world, we believe that the gathering of information in classrooms through getting more and more knowledge, which Scripture says that kind of knowledge ends up puffing us up. We become proud with that kind of knowledge. We think we are elevated because of how much we know. Information ends up making us proud unless that information is given through this reality of wisdom. Wisdom is a person that you are called into relationship with. So you obtain wisdom not in a classroom, but you obtain wisdom in relationship with wisdom. Meaning it's not something you get and walk away and do. It's something you walk with. Through the journey of life. It's more of a come and sit at the feet of wisdom. Come and listen. Come and walk with. Come and wrestle with. Come and ask questions. Come and be challenged. Come and be corrected. Come and walk it out and let's grow together. Come and sit with wisdom. Wisdom is personified in scripture. It's a person. We live in a world where everyone is talking and no one knows how to communicate. So many people are yelling out their thoughts. The picture that comes to my mind is the street called foolish is this street in which you are walking on and everybody in that street is standing on the streets, just yelling out, "Hey, hey, 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 watch me, hey, watch me, hey, 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 watch me, watch me, watch me, ooh, watch me, watch." Hey, 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 how long do I have to do that before you get annoyed, right? The reality of fool street is everybody is screaming, believing the same thing. They will be heard if they yell louder. In a world of words, the church has bitten into the lie and become a fool with everybody else. Believing if the church could yell louder than everybody else, then we would be heard. You see, what the gospel calls us to is not just a bunch of words We shouldn't downplay words. Matter of fact, we should see that words are very powerful and important. Never underestimate words. Some people fall into another trap where they just say, Well, it's just words, you know, sticks and stones, break bones, words, no, they're just words. Just get 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 off me words. You don't can't affect me. And we don't see the reality of how powerful words are. So much so in Scripture, all the world was created through God's Word. He spoke. Words are powerful. And and you don't have to study Scripture very much to see how powerful words really are. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Words are extremely powerful. Words are powerful, but communication is hard. See, our problem is not words, our problem is communication. There are so many misuses of communication and my goal in this middle section right here is to kind of show you how Literally impossible communication really feels when you bear the weight of what we're called into. There are so many misuses of communication such like, and I wrote a few things down, and I'm sure we could think of more. Exaggeration is a misuse of it. I mean, my kids are the king of exaggerations. I don't know where they got it from. You know what I'm saying? I'll hear one of my girls screaming in the back, "Ah like literally freaking out. And I literally, Dana, someone's dying, running back there. And they just got a toy stolen, right? It literally sounds like somebody just died. And the more that you hear that over-exaggeration of what actually happens, the more numb you become to their screams. Exaggeration. Is a horrible misuse of communication, and many of us over exaggerate reality. Lies. The more that we feel like we have to use lies to try to get our way, corrupt speech, just straight rudeness. Blunt, rude speech. Empty threats. Parents, we're the king of empty threats. I'm going to literally ground you for the rest of your life. I'm going to take that phone. I'm going to crush it. And I'm never going to give you another phone again. And then they do it again. You take the phone, give it back to them the next day. They can never believe any of your threats cuz they're all empty. Careless speech. Painful crude joking. Body language like rolling eyes, sighing, shrugging, whipping your neck, clicking your fingers. Mm-mm-mm mocking seeing someone's behavior and then mocking that behavior gossip backbiting so much corrupt communication but then there's proper uses of communication that scripture also highlights like listening and encouragement truth telling and wisdom correction fun joking Joyful behavior, preaching, prophesying, sharing the gospel, all of these things are a part of proper uses of communication. And so it, it ends up telling, well, what, is, what makes communication so hard? There's a couple things. One is communication is not one way. Communication has the speaker or the talker, and then there's the listener. So, between both ways, there's issues. The talker or the communicator is solely concerned often to just declare. Meaning, what are they trying to say, explaining and, and sharing and, and giving and, and and wanting to be heard. The talker is just wanting to be heard and to, to, to share what's in. And then the listener is trying to interpret what is being said. Now, here's what starts to complicate this is not just the talker, and the communicator, but if you really know about communication, it's never just about what you are saying, it's also about how you are saying it. They're not just listening to what you're saying, they're seeing the language in which you are saying it. Your body language often shares deeply into what is being communicated and how it is communicated. And then there is, as you're listening and trying to listen, you're often trying to figure out not just what is being said and how it's being said, but why they're saying it. What's the motive? You're trying to read between the lines and no matter how much the talker wants to go, stop reading between the lines. Just listen to what I say. (laughs) That just shows the talker doesn't understand communication. That we never just listen to what is being said. We're constantly trying to figure out why it's being said, in what way is it being said, and then the talker is trying to explain themselves and what they mean and why they're saying it while it's trying to be heard, and then add on top of that that the talker and the listener have two different stories and backgrounds and lives and things that have shaped them. So while... One means this based on their background. The other hears this based on their background. Add on top of that... That each one has a different level of communication and a different way uh, that we have language barriers. Now, when I say language barriers, I don't just mean Spanish, English, or, you know, uh, uh, different kinds of languages that we hear. I'm not just talking about those, although those are the easy language barriers. There's also communication levels, meaning the way a child talks, the way a teenager talks, (coughs) the way... A young person talks the way an older person talks, and the reality is all of them are trying to communicate something based upon that communication level, and they're also communicating it as they would try to communicate it with what their language is. And if you, you don't know, every generation has their own way of communicating. I'm constantly trying to understand what my kids are saying. I'm old now. What's that mean? That used to mean something different when I said it. Language barriers and then add on top of language barriers that no matter how clear you communicate and how clear you listen, you still might come to the place where you still see the same thing from a different angle and a different perspective. And then add on top of that, reputation. Hear me on this. Reputation really messes with communication because I'm gonna tell you, if somebody's a joker and you know that they have a reputation of being a joker, they could be saying the most serious thing and you immediately go, ha, ha ha. <laughs> Wait, are you serious? default you think that person is joking if they've lied to you over and over and over again they could be saying truth but you immediately think what they're a liar based on reputation reputation starts playing into it, and many of us don't like, like, I ah, well, just forget what I was in the past. Forget how I talked in the past. I'm a new person now. Give me a chance to change. Your reputation is a lot affecting how you talk and how people hear you. On top of that, people who've been hurt through words can grow hard-hearted, bitter, unforgiveness, and that filter, no matter what they hear, can start causing them not to be able to receive any words because not only are they upset at you or others, everything goes through that filter, and, and, and inside of this, as I hope I could keep going, but I hope that you're starting to see communication is a mess. It's a mess. And in relationship, anybody who has covenant relationship, whether that be marriage or close friendship or family or people that you are with, anybody who has close relationships understands that communication in that relationship is a full-time job. And if you really want a healthy relationship, you've got to commit yourself to understanding and communication and walking in that place. It's a full-time job. Communication is not just as easy as saying a few words, shouting out a few things, saying, hey, hear me. All right. We good? Relationships with healthy communication are built on time of learning. If you understand communication, you understand that Proverbs is building a case for the kind of relationships that are built with true communication and realizing this, take what the kingdom of God shows us about communication and put that in a shallow place like social media. And you go, This starts to make sense why our world is so divided, you have a bunch of people yelling things out who could care less about communicating in relationship but only care about screaming out what they want people to hear. And immediately judging quickly everything you read. Scrolling through quick, they're a jerk, they're a jerk, they're a jerk, who cares what they say? They're punks, I like them, let me read them. Quick judgments, quick filters, and all of our relationships are in this realm. And here is what I want us to hear. The church is supposed to be a place where we are a part of, hear me on this, a family. Oh, I know, most of y'all just go to church to check off your list that I did my weekly duty. To hear a good sermon, to listen to some music, to get fed, and then to go back. No, no, no. The church is, call, we are called to be the family of God. That f- The Father is bringing us together, and this will be hard for us to understand who have been institutionalized, meaning we have become an institution, and we have not stayed as a family. It will be hard for you to understand, but in this church, what we're really fighting for, and it is a wrestle, we are fighting to be a family. We want to be a family. Now, I know this may limit our growth. We may never be mega, but we will be a family. Which costs us something. Which means we have to engage in relationships and work through communication. Which means we got to sit at the table. Which means as a pastor, I'm not first a preacher. I'm first a part of this family. Preaching is something God has given to me to help serve and equip the church. It's not meant to elevate me and you all go, wow, that guy's good. I am primarily a part of this family. I have been given the privilege of being a part of this community in this place. And that as I stand in this place, I'm not just thinking about What is God saying? I'm thinking about how can I take what God is saying and communicate it to those that I love? And we, as the family of God, the people of God, must press into, what does it look like? To live on full boulevard where everybody's just shouting things out and not enter into the noise, but become a taste, a preview of what it means to be a part of God's family. Here's a few things we learned, and I'm going to give these to you. Hopefully you can write them down and meditate on them later because I know this will take us time to walk out. One scripture shows us this, listeners are the best communicators. Isn't it amazing how often we try to think about how can I say what I'm trying? We think so much of trying to say it the right way, trying to communicate it, trying to repeat it, trying to say it over and over and over and over again. We are constantly wanting to talk. Even in our arguments, we're not actually listening of what other people are saying. We are continuing to just build our next point. Proverbs 12, 15 says, the way of fools seems right, but the wise listen to advice. James 1.19 says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person, every person be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And I, I, I'll just say this because I love you. This does not sound like the church right now. We are quick to anger, quick to speak. And very slow to listen. We, the people of God, are marked by a posture of listening. Meaning, as a preacher, when I step into this pulpit, what you should be impressed with is not how good I say something, but that you can tell I've listened to God. That I should be marked by my listening, not by my speaking. That there's been time to marinate and sit and listen. The tongue, point number two, is a sword. Proverbs 12, 18 says, The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise bring healing. James 10, I mean, James 3 talks about, and we'll use this at the end, talks about the tongue being this deadly fire that is used for destruction or for praise. Scripture talks about the word in this way, that the word of God is a two-edged sword. And what that word of God does is it pierces and it divides between joint and marrow. Basically, that text is showing us that God's word is like a surgical knife that cuts deep but cuts accurately. The tongue is a sword that can be used to destroy people and cut them with the intention to kill or it could be used surgically to cut them with the intention to heal. As the army of God, we have been given swords but our swords are to, to be used accurately with the intention not to kill but with the intention to heal. Tongue is a sword. Use it to heal. And that leads to my next point. Let your speech be like a surgical knife and not like a machine gun. Proverbs 10 19 and 20 says sin is not ended by a multiplying of words but prudent the prudent hold their tongue the tongue of a righteous is like choice silver but the heart of the wicked shows it little value meaning this if you watch Rambo movies this is like the best illustration I can I know this might be out of date but he walks into like full army camps where there's like hundreds of people no shirt on just totally ripped yeah. <laughs> Closing his eyes and just mowing over whole armies. Most Christians literally think they're like the Rambo and walking into the devil's camp just. (laughs) It's not you're not spiritual Rambo, right? It takes no skill, it takes no Strength, it takes no power to use a machine gun. You just, and the hope is I'm going to hit something. I'm going to kill something. I'm going to hurt someone. I'm going to mow people over. There is a thought that if I just keep talking, if I just keep screaming, if I just see that I'm going to, that the sin is going to end with the multiplying of words, but those who understand the kingdom understand that I am going to value, that everything that is said has value on it. It means something. It cuts deep. Which means you have to be close. You can't do that from a far away. Which means you're not just lobbing grenades. You have to get close. Hear me on this. Part of the reason people don't listen to you, to us. I wish you all knew this reference. You all don't get it. You talk too much. Oh boy, you never shut up. It's, we talk too much. We don't put the value on our words that God himself puts value on them. And so we just talk too much. And we think that if we talk more, we are going to get it. Which leads to my next point here. That opinions and venting and speaking your mind actually distracts from speaking the truth. Proverbs 18:2 says a fool finds no pleasure a fool finds no pleasure in understanding but delights in airing his own opinions. So here, here's what I I just want you all to hear me on. there is a a belief on Fool Boulevard that speaking your mind is valuable. almost say it? I'm gonna just speak my mind. I'm gonna say whatever. I'm just so raw. I'll just say whatever I think. I'll just spout it out. I'm just. I don't care. I'll just say it. I'll just say it. You know what? I'm just gonna vent. I just need somebody to say. I'm gonna. Just, ugh, I'm gonna vomit all over all of y'all. I don't care. I'm just gonna say it. You're a fool. You're raw and you're a fool. And you don't care about the truth. Because when you have an opinion about everything and you're just as passionate about everything, hear me on this. I get it. You are able to have opinions on everything you want. Go ahead. But you have too many. You care about how to parent, how not to parent. What movies to watch, what movies not to watch. What schools are good, what schools are not good. Holidays. Can I I go? I can just keep going. Every issue that comes up, you got something to say about it? Everything in the world, just just go down the list. What clothes to wear, what clothes not to wear, what sports team, kneeling, not kneeling, uh, the anthem, this one, uh, politics, I just, I got a bunch to say. You want to hear it? And then one time you put out there the truth of God's word and you wonder why nobody wants to listen to you because they just think it's another one of your opinions. You are a distraction from the truth of God. And you only want to be heard. Proverbs 26 4 5 says something interesting that leads me to my last point. Because if you, if I have done my job, then I ended you at the same place that I ended myself, I'm just not going to talk anymore. (laughs) This is impossible. I can't do this. Proverbs 26, four and five says this, do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you yourself will be just like him. Verse five says, answer a fool according to his folly, or he will be wise in his own eyes. Here's two verses right next to each other Both of them are wisdom. One says, answer a fool and you'll be just like him. Answer a fool or he'll think he's wise. And you're going, should I answer the fool or not answer the fool? The reason why I love that the Father did this is because all of us are looking for one answer to a complicated life. We all just want to know, what do I do in every situation? And he's going, sometimes you answer, sometimes you don't. But what is very, very true when it comes to communication is no man can tame the tongue. James 3 makes it very clear. You can can tame every beast, every animal. Everything can be tamed in this world. But no man can tame the tongue, which leaves us in a place to go, is impossible with man it is impossible but with God all things are possible makes it very clear that there is only one thing that can tame our tongue and that is a tongue submitted to the spirit We should come to the end of this not seeking the answer, but seeking the Spirit. We should be a people who are so sensitive to the Spirit. Isn't it amazing that when you receive the Spirit of God, He gives you something that you've never had before And one of those things that he gives you, the Spirit can only give you this, is something called self-control. Meaning, without the Spirit, you are out of control. But with the Spirit, he gives you power to have something called self-control. Something now begins to be given to us by the Spirit to where we can now take this wildfire out of control, powerful weapon that has been placed in our mouth and it can now be used by the Spirit to bring about healing, life, change, hope. Deep surgery can be done. But the Spirit does something powerful. Powerful. The Spirit points us never to Himself, but He always points us to Jesus. Here's the interesting thing we love to study things separated from each other, we love to study the Father the Son and the Spirit and break apart the Trinity and go, let's just spend time focusing on the Father, let's just spend time focusing on Jesus, let's just spend spend time focusing on the Spirit, let's study them apart from each other, but Scripture refuses to separate the Trinity. No, 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 we're not three distinct separate, we are three distinct one, We're one. You will never know the Spirit apart from the Father and the Son. You'll never know the Son apart from the Father and the Spirit. You'll never know the Spirit apart from... That they're constantly referring back to each other. They are one, church. And when we come close to the Spirit, and the Spirit, help me tame the tongue, what He does is He shows us Jesus, who is, according to John chapter 1, the Word who became flesh and dwelt among us. Here's what I want you to see about God. God is not just concerned about abstract truth that floats above, that he just yells out at us from heaven. Here's the truth! Here's the truth! He doesn't just want cold truth that he just writes on tablets and just gives to us. That God takes his truth and wraps it in warm flesh because he doesn't just want his word separated from how he communicates. Here's how God communicates his word by placing his word in warm flesh and placing it amongst us, close and near that we can know his word by knowing Jesus. And the way we can know Jesus is by seeing that in him, his word came to us and didn't just come to us and go, receive this, it's the truth, no matter. No, that he partnered truth with grace. You know that the church has just resigned to Fool Street when they have settled to just have the truth and tried to divorce it from grace. That he came in truth and grace and he came amongst us and those two are not to be separated, that they are one and he brought it to us warm and he brought it to us close and he goes, you will only know my word through how I have chosen to communicate this word to you that you will see in Christ the word made flesh embodied. He is such a good communicator. He is such a good communicator that he shows us he's not here as a hammer to try to beat us over the head with truth. He is here as the one who would die for us, who would lay down his own life, sacrifice himself that through his death we could find life. He is so concerned about his word and the truth of his word and the word is powerful and his promises are true. He is so concerned about his word that he also is concerned about how it's communicated so much so that he would make himself his word. He would wrap it in flesh and that only through knowing Jesus can we know his word. And only through seeing him as the example and only through knowing that through his spirit do we have the power and the means to live this out, he is also that concerned that his word would be given to the world not through just cold truth, but he is taking his word and he is placing it in the flesh of his church that we are to be the warm presence of his word in the world. Close, filled with his truth and grace, that people, we're not just here to shout it from the rooftops, we're here to be salt and light, to be his representation. As we come to this table, here's how we come. We come totally guilty. I am the chief of sinners on this problem. Here's a man standing up here who loves to talk, who's talking about we need to learn. right? I'm not standing above saying I don't get this. I know how much I need to surrender my life and my heart to him and how much I need to be close to him. So we come seeing the log in our own eye And we come hungry We come hungry for him We need him today If we're going to come to this table We're going to come God, I need you I have done damage I have hurt I have yelled out I've been more concerned about being right I care more about my opinions Than I do about the truth of your word I I, I care more about, uh, about being heard Than I care about communicating I care about myself And I'm seeing this God, I come But I need you Because I need your grace I need your help I need your example, but I'm not just your example because I'm constantly going to fall short of that. I need your spirit to fill me and take control of this tongue and use it for life and healing. Sometimes I'm going to need to say something. Sometimes I'm going to need to just listen. Sometimes I'm going to need to, but I need your help. I stand here weak because I don't even know what to tell you to do. Some of you are going to go, what do I do in this situation? Pray. Seek God. Hear his voice. Ask him to take that tongue and use it to soften your heart, to help you. Come and commune with him. Come to the table and commune with him. Ask him the questions. Ask him for his help. See him as the only source of wisdom. As you come to the table today, this is a time for you to just commune, to pray, to repent, to drink deeply of his body and blood, to see how much he loves you. And then to leave with that understanding that he's with you. He's walking with you. He's giving you all that you need. And then we're going to sing and worship. And close our time, but the tables are open. Let's fellowship with you today. This podcast was recorded at Redemption Alhambra Village in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Redemption Alhambra Village, visit redemptionaz.com.